Imagine taking over a family business that just happens to be one of the world's most iconic music venues, where some of the biggest names from Neil Young to Guns N' Roses and even Incubus have played. That's just part of Nick Adler's story. Nick had the quintessential Hollywood upbringing where his dad, Lou Adler, founded the Roxy in 1973, which happens to be the same year that Nick was born. And in 1998, with the wisdom he acquired from his father on how to manage a business, a club, and even artists, Nick took over the Roxy and has since gone on to become a successful restaurateur and music festival producer. So join us as we talk to Nick about the Roxy's 50th anniversary and the special place that West Hollywood holds in his heart. So, Nick, I, where to begin, by the way? I mean, like, seriously, from your upbringing to what you've also accomplished in your career, live music venue owner, restaurateur, fest, festival founder, social media guru. There's a, there's a bit of that in your history there. Um, you've, you've really done it all or like a lot of things. So why don't we just kind of like start back at the beginning? Tell us a little bit about your background and then how you came to be co-owner of the Roxy. I was born. No. <laughs> <laughs> lucky you <laughs> totally lucky me such uh, a smart business plan thank yeah. you yes yeah. we, i will try to I replicate worked on it that. for like nine months it was uh, <laughs> uh no i i i i am very uh lucky and and blessed obviously i didn't pick my parents they picked me and mm-hmm. um was born into a really uh, amazing family that has continued to grow uh, over my life. I I have kids. I have younger brothers. I have I have seven brothers. Oh wow! Um, and all younger than me. And so I kind of started it all uh, <laughs> for my dad. Um, but uh, you know, as as far as my kind of connection with West Hollywood and my kind of business mm-hmm. side of things, uh, really began um, at the Roxy because. The Roxy opened in 1973. I was mm-hmm. born in 73, so uh, we've we've basically grown up together. Yeah, and, you know, I love sometimes that. I actually uh, feel like uh, the Roxy is one of my brothers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we fight. Uh, we love each other. Uh, we've given each other a lot. You're in it for the They're, long haul. Totally. Um, you know, I think also my, uh, my younger brothers are kind of going through the similar thing it's it's almost like a rite of passage or you know an opportunity within our family to learn about uh, music production mm-hmm. marketing understanding people uh, you know uh, there's 500 people that come through the doors every night uh, you you learn a lot about how people enjoy themselves yeah. uh, the good and the bad of it and um, so my many years at the Roxy gave me so many opportunities and and they all one of them stems in production one mm-hmm. is that that marketing side mm-hmm. um also uh my family's part of the rainbow and so it was getting dropped off at the roxy at three o'clock after school and mm-hmm. running between the rainbow and the roxy and uh you know whatever one was more interesting at the time yeah jumping in the kitchen learning how to make pizza being around mm. all those cooks all the time yeah uh running back for sound check at the roxy and seeing these bands come in and the different instruments and the different music mm-hmm. uh and then you know the sun goes down and you see a lot of other things yeah um which so were, was this starting when you were like Junior high, like no, uh, eight years old, (laughs) yes, seven, eight years old. I mean, this my next brother. He's uh, five or six years younger than me. So it was really my dad and I for the first six or seven years in terms of like 
just being out. And then yeah. obviously at six and seven, I was already kind of used to just being with my dad. Yeah, you were in the uh, circuit. You yeah, were in the mix. I was in the mix. Yeah, a lot of weird like back rooms with like uh, uh, like a rubber toy because there was no phones or iPads yeah, yeah. or nothing. And then I'd fall asleep and uh, all I, I'd probably have hundreds of memories of my dad carrying me and putting me in the car. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of that. But a lot of music studios. Yeah. Um, my dad was doing some movies around that time. So uh, editing bays. Yeah. A lot of uh, Laker history. Oh, cool! Yeah, so yeah. My, my dad, uh, my dad and Jack um, mm -hmm. are, are obviously known to go to the basketball games, and they got those court seats in 1980. I was seven at that point, um, so I would go to a lot of games. We would meet at the Roxy. Oh, um, fun! You know, so there was a, this, the Roxy for me was really this central central meeting point of whether it was after school or we were going somewhere or we were ending the night, we would somehow uh, end up uh, between the rainbow and the Roxy. Which is so fun. I mean, like what a, I don't know, like what, what a cool, cool experience. I mean, obviously like that's, that's how you were raised. So it's like, you right. didn't know yeah, any different. Totally. Just I like, have that, you know, I, 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 I didn't, it wasn't until maybe I was 30. Yeah. In mid twenties that I was able to kind of say, okay, this isn't, normal yeah um but you know i always equate it to um the family business mm -hmm. and so you might be in the middle of the country and you might be in a small town and your parents own the hardware store yeah uh, and people are coming in and they need something and you get build relationships with people you grow up there you 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 know your friends meet you there whatever and then at some point your dad um you know calls you upstairs and yeah says, uh, okay, here's the keys mm. yeah. uh, to the register, like, um, go to work. And I'm like, well, that wasn't my plan today. And he's like, it's your plan now. <laughs> uh, so there was a little bit of that, right? This kind yeah. of just family business. Totally. Uh, it just happened to be on the Sunset Strip at the Roxy and, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses is playing. So, yeah. um, but it was, I think, uh, there. while it's a very uncommon story, I think the story of, 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 the family of business. a family business is um, relatable to a lot of people. Totally. So do you remember when that moment was I do. that you kind of re really realized the cultural significance or impact oh. that like the Roxy had? And you're like, oh, this is pretty neat that we're tied to this. Um, that really came, you know, so running a business yeah. is not easy. Of course, uh, never, never is. Running a music venue um in the changing times, you know, in terms of media where we where we are today, you know, the Roxy was uh, it wasn't it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if I just said I ran the Roxy for many years, people would be like, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but just like any, running any business, there's that's like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and, you know, payroll and rent and bills and, <laughs> you know, someone from the sheriff's department calling me at two in the morning yeah. or whatever it is like. You know, there was all of those things, too. Um, and, you know, I, I think when we were in our hardest times, um, and, and, and again, that was mostly because new venues were opening. Mm -hmm. There was a shift, a kind of a cultural shift in L.A. from totally. west side to east side. There was, there was many factors in it. Um, and I, I was worried that, you know, the pressure, again, of the family business, mm -hmm. you know, maybe going down on my watch. Yeah. And so then it was like, okay, I'm thinking about this, the, the family significance of yeah. that moment. 
but really came into the, the cultural understanding of the Roxy and the legacy and what it meant. Uh, not that I needed any more pressure uh, no, at that of time, course not. but <laughs> I, it, it, I stopped a little bit during that time yeah. and, and really understood that I wasn't just, you know, at the helm of a, of a family business, but really something that was known worldwide. And um, had a lot of cultural significance. And what point was this? Like This was right around when the Sunset Strip Music Festival, we started to put that together. Okay, so like 2008-ish, something Yeah, like because that. there was, um, there was uh, you know, all cities go through transitions. Yeah, and, sure. and And Sunset, um, Sunset will always go, go through transitions. I tell this to people all the time. They're like, oh, you know, the Strip's not cool anymore. And I'm like, oh, you know, wait three Yay. years. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I think anything that's great needs mm-hmm. to kind of shed its skin and sure. go through those trans transformational moments and evolve. And, and, and right before the sunset trip music festival, we were having one of those moments on the strip. The clubs weren't communicating with each other. Uh, we were, you know, fierce, I'll just say enemies. We, you know, we felt that way, you know, yeah. you didn't talk to the Viper room or you didn't talk <laughs> to, to the key club or, you know, whatever that might be the mm-hmm. Viper room. We were going in the wrong direction as a, as an entertainment community yeah. by, by really fighting each other. You know, West Hollywood really stepped up in that moment, created a bid, realized that Sunset, the strip needed more. I also, at the same time, was really understanding where social media was. Yeah. And um, the Roxy had just started really pushing on social media. And there was this idea of collaboration and reaching out to people and kind of all happened at the 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 same same time. time. Um, And then one day I I DM'd um, the marketing person at the Viper Room. Yeah. And they were kind of like, you know, I know now the story, you know, they they let it sit for like 24 hours and was like, oh, wow, like, I don't know if I'm going to answer that. And then Mm -hmm. answered, we ended up having lunch. And Nate's my one of my closest friends to still today. I love him. And uh, he was the marketing director. And, um, and, you know, the next one was to the comedy store. We we kind of both went in and did a group DM to the comedy store. And then it was a hotel. And then it was another club. And before we knew it, we were all hanging out together. And it, we started to come together as, yeah. a, as a community. And it was more like, hey, go to the Viper Room at the 8 o'clock show and hit the Roxy mm. at, the, at the 10 o'clock yeah. show and then go over by the hotel. We're having a get-together. Yeah. Um, you know, we were doing things called tweet crawls where we were <laughs> going up and down the strip. Oh, and Yeah, um, I remember those You know, days. really was a, was a time that the Roxy needed that, mm-hmm. the strip needed it. Really was a big shift for it. And, yeah. and that really, that communication and that um, relationships went and, and, and made Sunset Trip Music Festival viable yeah. because we all understood that if there was something we could all work towards yeah. together and come together on yeah, it'd be it. better yeah. for everyone. 100%. So we, I, I, I love this and I want to actually talk more about that, but to kind of like bring, you know, others up to speed that might be tuning in, let's like talk about just like the history of the Roxy. Cause I know we, we kind of like mm-hmm. fast forwarded a bit, but what's the story behind it? Like why, why was it created? Mm-hmm. Um, and then can you explain a little bit about that? And then maybe even its relationship to some of the other venues, as you mentioned, you know, your family kind of having those tied together. 70s, the early 70s, my dad had really tremendous success uh, as a music producer mm-hmm. um, coming out of the 60s with the Mamas and Papas and, yeah. and then uh, had, a, had a run with, produced a bunch of Carol King albums mm-hmm. and was managing her career. I think there was some shows at the Troubadour. You know, I think back then the way they did it was 
you were signed to a club. So okay. you really played that club multiple times and, and you didn't play anywhere else. And as a musical artist, as a musical artist. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, there was something at the, at the Troubadour where Carol was playing and he, he didn't like the deal or, or he didn't like the, he didn't like something and yeah. just felt like there was an, and this is not that I'm, you know, the Troubadour is, oh, yeah, yeah, is, for sure. is, 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 has paved the way for so almost many. all the clubs in the world. So uh, nothing against them, but created a moment where my dad felt like there could be more, yeah. a different kind of club um, and just an, an opportunity. And so himself and, um, you know, there's a uh, Geffen was in the mix mm-hmm. and Bill Graham was in the mix and Elliot Roberts, who was uh, Neil Young's manager and others, um, you know, they kind of all got together. And uh, of course, Elmer Valentine, mm-hmm. um, who uh, did the, the the whiskey with my dad and Mario, they all got together and um, Chuck Landis had um, the Roxy. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a strip club um, prior to that. And they got with Chuck Landis and they said, you know, what's the possibility of turning this venue into, you know, a music venue? And, uh, you know, it took a little bit of time. And um, at, at, at a similar time, uh, I had mentioned that I was I was born and my dad was in London. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, you got to see this play, this Rocky Horror Show. Uh, mm-hmm. You're just going to love it. You know, it's got to come to L.A. So on my mom's advice, my dad ended up... Uh, going to see Rocky Horror, meeting Richard O'Brien. And then the first, I think, about eight months of the Roxy, Rocky Horror Show played there. I didn't know that. That's amazing. With Tim Curry and and the majority of the cast that was actually in the movie. Wow. Um, What a way to start. Talk about a splash. Yeah. And so that that was at the the club and then, um, you know, transitioned and um, Neil Young uh, opening night. very cool. Which we're, we'll 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 be seeing Neil fifty years uh, later on that same night uh, at the Roxy. So um, that's pretty tremendous. That's so cool. Um, but I think it was uh, you know my dad was very artist focused. Yeah. Really, um, you know, as well as the fan. But I I almost feel like he was a producer. He was a, a manager. He really cared mm-hmm. about the artist experience. Yeah. And so. When he put the Roxy together, and obviously I'd mentioned those other people were involved. Those were all very people that were focused on the artist, yeah. and they knew if the artist was happy, the fan was going to be happy. So um, created a very you know you go into the Roxy and you're like, well, oh, this is the Roxy. You know, I'm not. It's not that it's not impressive, but it really is. It's about the stage, yeah, and it's about who's on that stage, and mm-hmm. and and it's a platform for so many artists, and so. He opened that. An amazing artist played there, from the Motown artist to uh, Bob Marley and the Clash, and uh, and then obviously you you know once the club started getting rolling, it it you look back now, you're able to look back and you go, oh okay, here's the start. You know, here's where there was a punk rock phase yeah. here, and then okay, this is when glam started and yeah. and Guns and Roses and Poison and you know, uh, uh, LA guns and mm-hmm. all of those bands, you know, you start seeing them come in and then, you know, then it was more a little bit of my time where, um, it was the incubus and corn yeah. and rage against the machine and those bands. And then you kind of have the maroon five and, um, these different artists. So you, you could just look back through time and really see like the arc of the yeah, history, whatever was really, history. you know, the Roxy, there was no social media. So, yeah, let's you know, talk about in, that. In, in today's world, um, 
a lot of these artists, their first play is in a room that holds three to 5,000 people. And this mm -hmm. is the first show that they've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, that's not how it was. I mean, you played the Coconut Teaser and then you played the Viper Room mm -hmm. and then you, you know, you played the Whiskey and then you played the Roxy and yeah. you kind of went on this kind of ladder to the to the next club up. Um, it's It's very different today. But I think what it did for a lot of those artists was, you know, I look at uh, Incubus, those are, are good friends of mine and, and they played the club a lot. And, and yeah, did they, they did the, they got out there and they, they gave tickets to people and fire and they were like hand to hand, Yeah. but they can go out and they can play in front of 30,000 people in mm -hmm. any city across the world still today. Mm -hmm. And I think that that came from just the base of, of, of having a relationship, a direct relationship with your fan base, um, whether that's handing someone a flyer, whether that's being five feet away from them at a venue kind of like the Roxy or the Whiskey, you know, just a different time. Yeah. I, I think that today in social media, there's nothing wrong with it, but you can just get to so many more people so much faster, which maybe makes the rise faster, but it could also make the the other side mm. faster too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's a always this notion of this. Uh, shorter attention span and short shelf life yeah. as well too. I, I know. So you kind of came on board, what, 1998-ish, yeah. mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, like did, so at that point, kind of what you were saying, I mean, did you even have a vision at that point or was it just more of like, I just need to like run the family business. Oh, and then it was like later then you're like, okay, there's a cultural significance. We need to kind of join forces with the rest of the sunset strip to really like, this is this is bigger than us. Yeah, I, I think besides whatever I thought, uh, it wasn't really up to me because I walked <laughs> in that first day and I <laughs> told everybody I was their boss, and they said, "Okay, Nick." You know, <laughs> they're like, "Okay, Nick." <laughs> sure, we go grab us some iced tea down the street. <laughs> You're like, "Okay." Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, as much as I had a sticker on my desk that said, <laughs> "The plaque. I'm the boss." The yeah. Plaque. yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was your dad still coming in regularly and in the mix at that point, or was yeah, this? Yeah, but was it all on but you? quickly, um, like you got it. Kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely was pretty fast. Of and and you know, uh, uh, Malibu is uh, you know it's, it seems much further now, but even back then, you know that's a that's a good drive. And, it's a drive. And my dad was had uh, had put a lot of work in to get it to where it was. Um, so there was other people running it, but but you know, anytime you know anyone else runs your business and it's not like you or a family member you know things go whatever direction they want to go in yeah. and so there was a little cleanup and um for me uh earned respect from you know my co-workers that yeah. that took a few years of course um so it wasn't i i don't think it, i could really have a vision and yeah. i don't even know if i i was managing bands at the same time okay. too so i was which was really good because mm. i understood the other side of it right so Smart. it's you don't know until you know what it's like when, you know, the band pulls up in the van and they knock on the door and, you know, we were just rolling, ah, meh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, where's the bathroom? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and we're just like, you know, it's, it's over there. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, you learn that bands have just driven 12 hours yeah. and they just ate some crappy food at two in the morning and they're not happy and maybe one of them's hung over and the rest of them are fighting. And yeah. so there's, a, it was interesting to understand the dynamic of the other side. And I think totally like my dad originally started the Roxy with this intention of, 
artist first and, yeah. and, and understanding the artist. Um, I came into it in a similar way with managing bands and, and under, being on the road with a band and, and knocking on that loading door at, you know, at noon and having someone come out and not really care about you or converse with you or just roll the door up and, you know, point. Um, so I, I was able to pick up on that and then, you know, just get a, get a sense of, um, there, again, it was a, a changing time and, and so as I was figuring it out, things could have been different, you know, yeah. three months later. And, and that's why I always say, you know, sunset is, is ever evolving. And there's people that are like, Oh, there's, you know, they're just putting in hotels up there. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. So people can actually stay like, there and walk to <laughs> and walk. the venue. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know, we, we, I love slash, but you know, it, we, there's a documentary called the sunset strip and part of it, uh, and not just slash, but others, it, the kind of common theme was, well, it's not how it was, you know, it's not how it was back in the day. And I'm yeah. like, well, it is for the 18 year old that's in the front row of the Roxy yeah. tonight. Like mm. it's yeah. right there for that person. So I, so you also had this moment with like social media as far mm -hmm. as, and like, can you talk about that as far as how, uh, I mean, like really being like one of the first music venues to really kind of like dominate the social media space. I mean, that, that's kind of that's yeah. kind of significant. It was cool. Uh, I um, I was sitting down in uh, uh, tofu pad thai or something, and the the bartender, you know, so uh, uh, what are you eating? And I was like, um, you know, some tofu pad thai. And she's like, oh, okay. And she and, and and she's like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the owner. And she's like, oh, she's like, how come? She said, how come you don't know me? You know, and we both looking at each other like neither of us knew each other, and. Uh, and I was like, okay, and uh, ended up becoming my wife many, many years later. Um, <laughs> but as we started dating, um, she was on MySpace, and I was very, oh, I was the bringing it back. I was the opposite of any of that. I was yeah. like, no, we gotta no be, social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't even called social media. It was yeah, at that point, know, yeah, like, well, whatever. And uh, <laughs> she's like, you know, why, why isn't the club on social media or on MySpace? And I'm like, I don't know, you know. And she's like well, you should be on there. And I was like, oh. She's like, well, what if I do it? And I was like, okay, you can do it. You know, and then like a week later, she like shows me, she's like, look at this. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, someone messaged? And she's like, yeah, someone messaged. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And then I was like, well, another person messaged. And I was like, well, I was like communicating with the people that go to the Roxy or the people that care about the Roxy. And it just was this like moment of, wow, that wall that is just up there when you're marketing and you 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 could drop a flyer or you could do something you never but you don't know how that reacts you don't know if that person's going to come to the show or they like that kind of music or yeah. they don't or what like there was no yelp there was no feedback other than you know as someone's getting kicked out you know don't come back here and i'm never coming this place sucks you know that was really the only feedback we would get yeah yeah of course uh, and uh so there was just a moment in the, the that myspace time where, you know, there was the followers were clicking all these yeah. like things that were like, you know, endorphins or whatever was happening in my brain. I was like, well, this is cool. I, and you I need realize more you're, of this. you're connecting with all the people yeah. directly. So she ran that for a while. And then um, and then uh, I don't I think it was Facebook came and a couple other things. Mm -hmm. I, I don't But we started to kind of go in pretty big on them. And I, I really spent time and tried to understand them. 
And then uh, Twitter and Instagram came online, Facebook, and we we just understood it. And yeah. we also, unlike a lot of other people that were on those platforms, we had content every day. Yeah. Right? Whether that was Fresh just content. something yeah. basic as a flyer, right? It was static, but you posted it, and it was like, oh, I remember the last time I went to see that band, da 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 and then someone else posted a picture, and there was, there was a community that was kind of happening. And then eventually, um, you know, it was the, the ability to take, you know, a, a camera in your phone. So yeah. it was like, go downstairs and take a picture of the, of the, like, um, the, the guitar case of, uh, you know, the Foo Fighters or whatever. Whoever's playing. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe take a picture of the dressing room setup. And it was like, oh, that, where's the green M&Ms? You know, there was just like, Oh, You're just awesome. like opening this door to, to a place that no one's People ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it brought it into today's world yeah. and being one of the first music. Why it's so significant is you guys were really one of the first big music venues. Oh, we were. In, in the world to be doing this. We were. So we, were that, we were. That's the part that you're being very humble about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the Roxy so lived cool. at the top of that kind of chart. Yeah. Wherever that is, you know, oh, for, for, for a long, for a long time. Yeah. No. So, okay. Let's talk about the 50th anniversary that's mm -hmm. coming up. Can you give us a little taste? Like what, what can we expect for this celebration? I know you just, you I think as, as much as we are 50 years forward, I think we're trying to go 50 years back Love and, that. um, and give people a taste of what it was like in those early days of the Roxy and, mm -hmm. and the most monumental shows, you know, can't spill the beans, but, okay. but, but uh, Tease at least I would I would say that, you know, if we go back and we look at the most iconic shows over the Roxy's history, uh -huh. we're really trying to uh, bring those back. And and, you know, maybe uh, it's, it's a member. Maybe it's the entire band. So uh, a lot of surprises. There's a lot of surprises. And we in don't want to miss. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And all th is all throughout the month. Uh, it's a, it's it's through the kind of last quarter last of the quarter? year. Um, but okay. a, but a lot going on in September. Okay. I think I know Good what we're know. gonna yes. have to be doing. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm clearing my schedule. Well, I also I, know what I'm doing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you know more than us. Um, okay, so this is, I mean, wow, like so much history. I, I'm so excited to see it like come to life in this whole celebration as far as everything that you've got going on. For those that maybe haven't been here. Um, or they haven't been to the Sunset Strip. How do you describe this? Like, what is this energy? What is this creativity? Like, how how do you explain that to somebody that maybe hasn't been here before and experienced it firsthand? Yeah, well, I think you, you go back partly to, you know, how the Strip was created, right? Mm -hmm. It was this unincorporated strip of land between Beverly Hills and Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, no one really cared what happened. There was speakeasies and strip clubs. It was like the Wild and, West. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. totally like in a in a pretty kind of advanced city at that mm -hmm. point. You had this one and a half miles of debauchery. Yeah, um, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, in the middle. Right. So I I think that kind of lawlessness, freedom, be who you are ethos really was born out of that time on mm -hmm. on the strip and and seeped down into the the what has become West Hollywood and and the dynamic that that's that's been created over time of this um you know because especially in terms of bringing people 
uh, the majority of the hotels, mm -hmm. you know, a, a ton of nightlife, a, a ton of restaurants, you know, shopping, all of those experiences live up on the strip. Totally. Um, and, and really allow that person to come from wherever and, and kind of relive, I don't know, you know, what I've been through or, or, yeah. or, or a Jim Morrison or, a, or a Bob Marley or a Axl Rose or, a um, you know, Adam Levine or whoever it yeah. might be. Um, you know, we all walk those streets. It's tangible history. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all there and you can, it's not gone. No, you know, like, not like I had mentioned, your the greatest night of your life yeah. could be tonight on the strip. I love this. I, so we're going to do a thing called playing favorites. Okay. Because we all have them. Okay. And, and, um, and you can, you can definitely, um, um, obviously you're going to have your own, but, um, how would you describe your ideal night out in West Hollywood? Where would you mm. go? Where would you eat? Where would you stay? And, and well, you, you can have favorites that well, are like I, closely I, tied I, to you. That's I, okay. I, you know, Growing up here and and working here and 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 um, spending the time that I have, I will go back in time a little bit because okay. uh, now I need to be home for dinner and uh, <laughs> it, it, be reasonable. That, that night isn't mm. going to happen. I, okay. I, I understand that, but uh, you know, for me, uh, night night market is just. Yes. Uh, one of the best restaurants we have in LA. Love that, and by the way. That's Thai food for those that don't know. Still amazing. Yeah, yes. still yeah. amazing. Yeah. Known for Even. street Thai food. Yeah, street Thai food and so incredible good. natural wine program. Yeah. And then I would um, probably pop into the Roxy. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'm not someone who probably watches a whole show, but get a little bit of that. Um, a little bit of a taste of that. Yeah, I head over to, to the Rainbow for a minute. Nice. Um, give some high fives, say hello. Would probably head down to the Viper at that point. Yeah. Uh, grab a, grab a couple more minutes. Say hello. You know the the most interesting people to me are are the people that work the door um, and they the bartenders. See it all. Yeah, they see it all, and they just they're they're friends, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like this is my treehouse. You know, this is like my neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Like so, um, Rock and Riley's maybe hit that up Oof. a little bit. Uh, high five the whiskey door guys, uh, and then end up at on the rocks. I love that. Um, and um, and and hopefully make it home at some point. Yeah. So um, any final thoughts, tips? Do you have any other questions? I have, I, you know, I could talk to you all day long. Yeah, yeah, we could this, I, I mean, I feel like I still have a million questions, but, you know, there is a time limit, so we'll probably have to have you come back. But <laughs> so I've been doing marketing for Visit West Hollywood for the last five years. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say thank you to you and your family for what you've meant. I mean, we go around the world and we talk about what's happening on the Sunset Strip. People mm -hmm. know it. You know, you said there'd probably be no West Hollywood without the Sunset Strip and vice versa. So true. It's an ecosystem that is, you know, not important for people here, but people around the world who, yes. who want to come here. And, you know, obviously the Roxy is something that is world, you know, world renowned mm -hmm. and people want to come here and experience it. So. You know, just thank you for oh, so for for caring about that and yeah. for you know being that kid who grew up at eight and you I know was. not screwing it up and just yeah. really you know yeah, thank it's, you for not screwing it's it up. Really, I'm still working on it. It's, oh. you know, it's really impressive and it's really important. You know, oh. and I also love what you say. This is this is more me rambling than a question. No, I guess, we but love this. That, you know, you talk about how the strip is changing and people, you know, lament, oh, there's too many, you know, it's getting too built up, the hotels. But I really think it continues to 
capture the legacy of what West Hollywood stands for, which mm -hmm. is that you can have this really elevated experience if you go to the Pendry and have dinner with Wolfgang Puck on the rooftop up there. But then you go and you, you're going to listen to some rock and roll band down at the Roxy yeah. and have that kind of evening. It's that, it's that mix of things that what makes West Hollywood really cool. Mm -hmm. and I, and, well, I would just jump in on that and say, you know, there are other places like that in the world and, 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 and Vegas being one of them. Yeah. But, but uh, and this is no dig at Vegas, um, but, but that's a manufactured experience Yeah. where I think what you're talking about and what's happening on the strip is, is really a layered um, over time. It's almost like this, these, these layers of rock that are just kind of, <laughs> And you and yeah. there is no taking it away. The good and the bad, like those are those are there, and everything kind of has a purpose. And if it survived, it survived because it was the the you know it it, it was needed. You know, we got to go back to that. It was built on um, you know a, a, a bar, maybe some gambling, maybe a strip mm -hmm. club, definitely maybe some, definitely all of the you above, know, <laughs> whatever those were. But it, it's what worked at that time. Yeah, and you know I'm sure that person that was sitting in that that gambling hall was like, man, these rock clubs are the worst. They're just taking <laughs> right. over everything, you know. But that's okay, you know, as long as people keep saying that, yeah, and they don't ever stop having that conversation. Um, and, and there's always someone new walking through one of one of the doors of, you know, the countless businesses here, then the strip will always survive. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. Yeah. I think that absolutely describes, you know, West Hollywood to a T. So, well, thank you. Thank you. This so has great been talking to you. Such Thanks a so great. Much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.